Get about the curveball, Ricky. Give him a heater. Welcome to the Heater Podcast. As we kick off the next season of Major League Baseball, we have official games uh, underway. Uh, it is prediction time. We are going to first uh, recap uh, very succinctly the, the offseason with our top five best offseasons, and then we'll uh, best move. We'll take a look at our, our predictions for the season for division winner, uh, as well as playoffs, awards, uh, fantasy pick that can uh, make or break your uh, fantasy team this year. Uh, and then one surprise, uh, what's one thing unexpected uh, that we'll make a prediction for for the upcoming season? So uh, we'll dive into all of that here as we, uh, uh, again, it's just nice to be back in, in baseball season. Uh, uh, again, uh, my uh, wife is now a baseball widow, uh, but uh, uh, she's starting to, to watch more uh, with me. I, I got her started well for the beginning of the season. I can keep that going. She messaged me last night. She's like, I'm starting to learn all these terms and I don't like it. And I'm like, that means that you're really starting to dive in. And, and then she mentioned that she was dreaming about baseball. And I'm like, wow, you are getting tar- like you are getting sucked I'm, in here, I'm, lady. I'm, I'm luring her in little by little, inning by inning. And uh, the entertainment that is known as Brett Phillips, uh, it just keeps is the gift that keeps on giving. Uh, and she uh, and now enjoys watching him pitch saw, as much as uh, I think almost anyone else does when they pay attention to that. I saw a side by side, I don't pitching ninja or something, and it was like Brett Phillips with his 43 mile hour pitches and then <laughs> Johan Duran the new reliever for the twins who's coming out throwing like 103 and it's like the guy could have swung twice in the time it took Brett Phillips to get the ball to the plate yeah that's uh uh the web gem though was nice uh that's impressive that was uh there's some looks on the uh, uh A's uh, players uh and managers over there just <laughs> watching it unfold uh it's at least the nice thing if the Rays get blown out more than likely, you will see Brett Phillips pitch. Uh, and if you're there, that's worth the price of admission in and of itself. So uh, he got the crowd back into it in, uh, in a game where massively being blown out. Uh, and the point is to be entertained, right? And so they still uh, very much were. Even I was laughing and had a smile on my face at the end of the game. Watched it to the end because of him. Otherwise, it was worth turning off. So uh, welcome to another season of Major League Baseball and uh, all the hilarity uh, and surprises and uh Wonderful baseball that ensues. Uh, but before we get started, as always, the Heater Podcast is brought to you by River Creek Popcorn. For all of your snacking needs for baseball games and movies of choice, come hungry, leave happy. It is another season of uh, River Creek Popcorn. It's been a, a successful uh, launch. Again, I've had two uh, tune-ups, if you will, to get things uh, fully uh, fully going. How's it been? It's been busy. It's been good. So we've just done Saturdays because we knew that Good Friday was coming here and Easter and we didn't want to open really on either of those days so we're gonna do we've done two Saturdays already we'll do this Saturday so April today's the 12th so mm, 16th is that right 16th is the Saturday and then after that we will go to the typical Friday Saturday Sunday schedule for a while and then probably after Memorial Day we're thinking Wednesday Thursday Friday Saturday Sunday so we're gonna really expand it this year We'll have the full uh, uh, starting lineup uh, available for it. It'll be uh, and building towards uh, uh, good things uh, uh, to come. The excitement of everything kicking off. Again, mirroring Major League Baseball uh, season uh, with that. So we'll uh, look forward to uh, uh, grabbing some uh, popcorn uh, to, uh, to watch the games. Uh, did that on the way back from, uh, from Baraboo. Had to stop by and grab, uh, grab some for uh, the next round of, of, of baseball. So uh, 
yeah, looking forward to yeah. everything that comes from this uh, this season. Let's dive real quick into the offseason. Again, the uh, just the five teams uh, that hit the home run of the offseason, who, uh, who set themselves up for more success this year. The question will always be, does it translate to uh, on-field wins? That's always where the rubber meets the road. But as far as offseason goes, who is your top who are your top five teams? Let's start with Philadelphia. Uh, they got multiple hitters that I really, really like. Obviously, Kyle Schwarber is an on-base machine. They've now put him right at the top of their lineup, and they said, hit and get on base, and so far it's working. And then another player who I've been a big fan of for years is Nick Castellanos. He's a doubles machine. You put him in, we saw it move from, at least he was a doubles machine in Detroit, and then he moved to Chicago for that half season and looked great. Went to Cincinnati, small ballpark, First, I think 32 home runs, I think, last year, plus the 300 average. Philly small, too. He's got the great spot in the lineup between or right after Bryce Harper, right? Right between Bryce Harper and Reese Hoskins on this just awesome top five in their lineup. And those are the big names, but we've said for years their problem has been the bullpen. Well, Corey Knable, it's not nearly as big of a move, but Corey Knable's been good. Brad Hand came in and got a save last night because Knable was sick. And Juris Familia, that was their weakness. The offense was already a strength, and they made it better. I, I really like what Philly did. Yeah, they're on my uh, top five list as well. Uh, both those bats, uh, they have slump. Uh, uh, what I'm trying to say is like slump uh, beating bats. Like you're not gonna with with the contact that's there uh, or the on base percentage. Even with things are going, it's it keeps things moving. And neither one of them has to be the guy. Uh, Castellanos did that in Cincinnati. Uh, in that ballpark, yeah, he was uh, elite uh, with. Uh, uh, Schwerber, there were times when he, no baseball player on the planet could touch him. And to think of all the different guys that we're talking about, he has carried offenses when his hot streak, when he reaches that full peak heater, uh, he's going. Uh, when you add this to Bryce Harper uh, and uh, uh, JT Ramuto, and you have all the different guys that are already on this offense, yeah, when you, took, you take a strength and make it even stronger, both of these guys uh, with this, they just lengthened that this lineup immensely. And now again, the question becomes: uh, uh, They are the anti-Rays as far as like defense is concerned. They pretty much said the hell with it. We're putting all the bats out there. We'll beat you seven to five if we have to. Uh, and <laughs> uh, because there is so much depth in that lineup, yeah, I, there's you don't need everyone to hit at the same time to win games. Uh, that's that's scary right there. That's that's Dodger scary. Uh, that's what that offense was filled with so many stars that if only three guys were, were hitting that day, that'd be enough. That'd be enough to get you uh, uh, the offense you need uh, to win, especially when uh, you took the one of the worst, in the last couple of years, one of the worst uh, parts of a team, of any team uh, in the majors, and now you made it maybe slightly below average. Is that, that's actually a, coming a far way to be below average from being a complete dumpster fire that it has been uh, for multiple years going back to the pandemic season. So that's already progress, and bullpens are one of the things you can always improve at the, the trade deadline. Uh, but then they're starting pitching. Again, you have to factor in Kyle Gibson. Uh, when they traded for him midseason last year, now you have the full season of him here added to Zach Wheeler and Nola and the, the starting pitching that they have, and they already let him go seven innings. Uh, for Gibson uh, this week, and then they have the innings ability, which is also going to keep the bullpen more fresh, but they have the horses at the top to handle the innings that most teams uh, don't have, uh, and that is a throwback 
Uh, and I think that's going to be even more vital, not only at the beginning of the season here, but overall as things move forward. So very much in agreement with Phillies having a, a top five offseason. Who you got next? I have the Texas Rangers as another top five offseason. So maybe not quite as competitive as Philly yet, but they showed they wanted to spend money and they improved their team. So Corey Seager, I've said if healthy, I think Corey Seager is basically Freddie Freeman left-handed. I think he's that type of a hitter where he could hit 320 with 30 home runs. And he started off the season pretty strong. Obviously, they paid up for the best second baseman that season we've ever saw with Marcus Simeon, and they paid up for it. But I'm not going to knock them. It made them a better team. John Gray, they needed pitching. They went out, they got John Gray this offseason. And then you remember the trade recently at the end here? They got Mitch Garver as catcher, who has been bad in cleanup for them most days, behind Seager and Simeon. And then just some smaller moves that maybe we didn't talk a whole lot about, but Brad Miller's betting leadoff for this team right now. And if there's one thing Brad Miller can do, it's hit home runs. And he could easily knock 25 home runs out of that park. Cole Calhoun, same thing. He's been hurt, but I think he can come in there and hit home runs for them too. Plus, they had a Garrett Richards. So not a whole lot of pitching, and that's always going to be what holds Texas down for now. It, it'll come. But right now, their offense looks pretty good on paper. They have some, uh, you'll understand what I'm saying when I go this way, they have some has-beens that still have some has in them, right? And uh, would it surprise you if Cole Calhoun all of a sudden hit 25, 30 home runs or Brad Miller uh, doing that in addition to their big ticket items that they have there? No, not at all. They have still some upside uh, glass half full uh, type players that they added in addition to their big ticket items. Uh, and yeah, I think that's going to be interesting. They, they know how to pick the middle tier of pitcher, right? They've done that with, uh, it was Lance Lynn, uh, and then there's one more than, whose name has escaped me now. They did the same thing to uh, Kyle Gibson. Uh, Kyle Gibson, <laughs> thank you. Uh, and uh, John Gray fits that mold completely. So uh, if he goes and has a 15-win season, ERA about three and a half, uh, decent amount of strikeouts, would that be surprising? Not in the slightest. Everyone is intrigued to see what he can do outside of Colorado. Uh, now, uh, if it was the old Texas ballpark, you say, well, I don't know if you're improving much, but it's still to be determined really what this Texas ballpark is, and now they have bats to find out this year. So I think that's one of the more intriguing storylines uh, in baseball this year as they figure out what they have uh, for their home turf. Uh, I didn't have them in top five, but I have them in honorable, honorable mention. Uh, this one, I don't know if it is or not. I threw it in my top five because I liked filling a specific need. Sometimes it's not about the overall that I am looking at. I'm looking at how well did you fit what was a uh, a bad spot on the, on the lineup, a uh, bad spot on the team. So I'm going Angels. Uh, I like what they did with their bullpen. Uh, and we've already seen in the first few games of the year, from Aaron Loop to, uh, uh, now his other name has escaped me, but they, they added a couple of key guys, and I'll, I'll look it up in a little bit. Uh, but I like what they did to their bullpen to make that Better again now. The starting pitching uh, is lacking in depth. Noah Syndergaard looked good in his first start. The question is not a matter of how effective he is when he's in the game; it's how many games he's going to get to. Uh, but I like what they did with that with that bullpen. That offense is uh, is already good. Uh, you're gonna have rebound uh, year from uh, uh, Rendon. Uh, health of Trout obviously is uh, a big factor there too. Uh, but I think the bullpen is going to keep them in more games. Uh, it may not necessarily translate to a playoff spot yet, but I think they're going to be more competitive than they have been in the past. Well, you mentioned Loop. Tapera was another that's, signing. That's it. Ryan Tapera and the big one, I get not big, but Michael Lorenzen, they pitched, they signed him as kind of this weird player, and he was awesome last night. I think he had six innings and seven strikeouts without giving up an earned run. So that's a good sign, too. Uh, I did not mention the Angels. I do like what they're doing. Once again, 
Joe Madden is overmanaging them again. I don't know why he does this stuff, but like the other night he sat Anthony Rendon for Matt Duffy to bat cleanup. Like, what are you doing, dude? Like, just let your players play. So I I know Joe Mann's a Hall of Fame manager, but sometimes his his thought process can be irritating. I, I think part of the challenge for someone like him is, and here's the difference between him and Andrew Friedman. Uh, and I'll, I'll throw in the the Red Sox kind uh, uh, boom as the other other one within it. What works in Tampa Bay when you have a hand tied behind your back from fi- financial resources, uh, you have to remember when you're at in a big flex your muscle if you got it. Uh, you don't need to try to keep beating people with one hand if you have two very capable ones. Uh, and I think that's Madden's problem here with getting too cute versus like you have guys that you've paid big bucks to that can hit both sides of the plate or both uh, types of uh, lefties and righties. Let them do it. Uh, and versus Friedman. He's built up the farm system, but he also spends on any player that he wants whenever they want it. And so you've seen him flex that way. Boston, it's a storyline to me to watch this year. Uh, this is an ownership that is wanting to go cheap. Uh, you've already seen it with, with letting go of Mookie Betts, but now to hear that they were uh, nine figures off in their offer to Devers, uh, or where one sees their value and one uh, on the east side, that's a concern. Uh, that's You're getting more of a small market mindset when you have big market resources. That doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, sometimes it's They made some good uh, value moves, like in free agency, et cetera. There's been, like, from Kike Hernandez to others that they've done well with, but you also have that revenue stream. You need to blend it from getting those middle ground moves, but do the big ones too. You have the financial mind to do that, and they're not doing that yet. Uh, so I, I'm curious to see how that's going to develop within it. But, yeah. Well, my third off season is not one that's afraid to spend money. And it's been a while because a lot of these were before the lockout, so it's hard to, like, it almost doesn't seem like it happened recently, and it's hard to remember, but the Mets, right? It, the Mets went out and they obviously brought in Max Scherzer on his large contract to be the ace of their staff, and he pitched once so far. He was a little nicked up, but he looked okay. Uh, obviously, they went out and traded then for Chris Bassett. That was later in the process, and he had a great start the other night for them. Starling Marte, they needed an outfielder, so they paid up for hitter. the best center fielder that was available, and they also traded for Mark Canna. Remember that? Mark Canna's had a strong start to the season. His on-base skills are high. They added in Eduardo Escobar, and then for the bullpen arms, some guys like John Curtis and Adam Adovino. So overall, the Mets, I don't know if they spent the most money. Texas probably outspent them, but... This was the make it rain offseason that we heard. This was, we're going to spend up, we're going to bring in Max Scherzer, and we're going to pair him with Jacob deGrom. Well, that hasn't worked out, as the Mets tend to be a little snake-bitten. And Starling Marte has gotten off to a strong start, but uh, it was a good offseason. Now we just have to see, because we've said before, the Mets look really good on paper. They always do. But it just hasn't worked out on the field yet. So much to the point that they had to bring in as part of the last round of the CBA negotiations, and this is the last time I'm ever going to say CBA, nice. uh, is... Uh, uh, is is the uh, the Steve Cohen uh, uh, level of luxury tax, right? They included a fourth level. I mean, that's how petrified the rest of the owners are at the level he's willing to spend. You know, maybe not the Dodgers aren't, aren't as concerned, but they're probably the only team uh, within it for what he's uh, willing to do to try to turn the Mets uh, into a uh, contending and per- perennially contending team uh, to go with that. So, in on paper, it was a good offseason. They fit my top five as well uh, for all the reasons mentioned. Uh, I'm going to go give you a different one of my five, and that's that uh, uh, I like what they did 
in the realm in which they are. Again, not every offseason, like with the Rangers, for example, it's not about necessarily what one's going to get you to the playoffs this year, but what uh, when you're building well, when you're building, uh, taking the next step up in a rebuild, that's key too. And the, the Detroit Tigers fit that for me. I like the offseason that they had. Uh, I, I like the, uh, from Eduardo Rodriguez, you needed a, a veteran presence at the top with all the young arms. You needed a very good defensive catcher uh, to help assist with the, the development of those arms. You did that with uh, uh, Tucker Barnhart uh, and, and picked that up. Uh, Javier Baez, you went for a big uh, splash move uh, within it. Again, he's has the swing and miss challenge within it, but uh, he's going to at least provide uh, a decent amount uh, to that uh, that offense. Uh, again, they've uh, bringing up the kids. Uh, is also a key within it. The last-minute trade for Austin Meadows, uh, when they were very much lacking anything in the outfield department, uh, at least to start the season. Yeah, I, I like what they did. I think everything improved the, the team from what they uh, were coming off of. I think they're one year away from truly like being going after contending. So, again, here's another owner that does like to spend. I'm very curious to see what they do next offseason when we get to that point. But I like what they're building in Detroit. Yeah, that's a good one. I've mentioned before that I don't always like the Javier Baez signing, but I think for two, three years he's going to be a fi- that's going to be worth it. And then I think it'll kind of burn out in a hurry. But the late Austin Metal trade with Riley Green breaking his foot—that's kind of one of their two Uber prospects that they have was Riley Green, and he broke his foot, so he's out till July, I believe. So they needed something, and Austin Meadows filled that gap. They were aggressive. Spencer Torkelson's up, playing right away. I think he's over fourteen or something to start off, but. You know, Alex Bregman started like 0 for 40, and he worked out okay. So I Spencer Torkelson will be fine, and Tariq Skubal had a rough start, but promisingly for them, Matt Manning looked great last yes. night. And I was yes. like, this is the Matt Manning that I've heard about, and it did not show up last night or show up last year, but last night Matt Manning looked like the Matt Manning I've heard about. So you mentioned Eduardo Rodriguez. We already know what Casey Mize can do, Tariq Skubal can do, and Matt Manning should be able to do. So if they get some of that to develop, then yes. I think the Tigers, I don't think it'll be this year, but it's coming. That They're a team that should be getting better quickly here. Uh, this one is not a volume play, but it's just a quality of player play. And it is, once again, the Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, they didn't need to do a whole lot, but obviously they go out and they add the best or second best first baseman in the game, right? They said they didn't really have a need there, but hey, if we can sign Freddie Freeman, why not? And sure, go for it. If you yeah, can thanks, do it, thanks do it. Friedman for uh, showing that financial might. I was uh, inching so close. The Rays really were the second team. They actually, when you count uh, placement of uh, of tax dollars or stuff within it, they had the more uh, the better contract, which is crazy to me within it. Uh, but uh, once again, a second place finish. So thanks for that Dodgers, but great for them yeah. uh, on that regard. Yeah. So I said, they didn't need Freddie Freeman. They went out and got him one need need. They did have when Kenley Jansen decided to sign elsewhere was closer. So they said, Hey, we have not a whole lot. I mean, AJ Pollock's a fine player. I think he's a good player too, but do we need him that badly in the outfield? No, we can just move Chris Taylor to the outfield who they retained as a free agent this off season. So we'll trade, away AJ Pollock and we'll bring in arguably one of the best five closers in the game, right? And Craig Kimbrell. So it's not a whole lot of volume in Freddie Freeman and Craig Kimbrell, but you keep Chris Taylor and they signed Andrew Heaney, who's at least going to be in the back end of the rotation. So it's not a lot, but once again, it's a team that's already really good and they add two more of the best few players in the game. Well, that, that's what's crazy about it. Once you reach the level of th- that the Dodgers are, there's very few moves that are going to move the needle. Uh, and, and, and it is hard going from good to great or where every move is. We can't add good. We already have that. We need great. 
So you do that with Freddie Freeman. You do that with Craig Kimbrell. So not one move, but multiple moves in key areas where, again, uh, Freddie Freeman uh, is excellent because he's the full contact on base percentage, power, uh, and now he doesn't have to be the uh, the guy. He's just one of the guys in that lineup. And usually that's not a compliment, but on a team full of all-stars it is. Uh, but Kimbrell uh, to the back of that uh, bullpen, uh, they've been rumored to be you know, going after uh, uh, a hater for so oh, long. Yeah. It's always been the perpetual thing. Kimbrell matches what they've been searching for as far as an elite uh, closer, or at least has elite talent. The question still is, we've seen good Kimbrell and bad Kimbrell. Usually good Kimbrell is when he's closing. That's where he's most comfortable. But when you have someone who has those types of peaks and valleys, it does make you a little nervous uh, with something like that. So it'll be something we'll watch. But this leads to, to me, the biggest storyline in the uh, National League. Uh, it's Dodgers-Braves. You have the new competitive. Uh, when you've had players now come out vocally from Acuna and others uh, going at Freeman, uh, and uh, it did not end on good terms. Uh, I understood everything why Freeman uh, was uh, uh, took the different offer. Uh, I don't think the Braves were being as competitive as they should have been in the offer to him. Uh, to their credit, they you know they go out and trade for uh, Matt Olson, and the best way that how can you replace a Freddie Freeman? Well, they came awfully close uh, with that certainly, but they go and signed uh, Kenley Jensen in response to uh, the move there. It's there's no. Uh, uh, it's, it's complete bad blood uh, between these two teams, and the first time they get together is going to be a, tent, uh, a tension in the air that's going to stay all season long. I'm fully convinced the reason why Freeman went to the Dodgers, a storied franchise, my thing is their best chance to win, uh, but I fully the last straw that did it was to be able to knock the Braves out of the playoffs each year where they can't make make it to the World Series. I think that 100% uh, is a revenge move while getting paid very, very well. Uh, and I think that's going to be a fun storyline to watch. As normally, it's Yankees-Red Sox is that big tension in the American League within it. Uh, I think we have one in the National League now. It, it could be. It, it's coming, like you said. When they when you start to get the players going back and forth between them is when it really gets the tension up. So you know Yankees had Roger Clemens come in and that was kind of a big one because he was like a Red Sox legend. So now you got mm-hmm. Freddie Freeman going to the Dodgers and you mentioned Kenley Jansen going back. Ronald Acuna's coming soon. So the Braves Braves are not done yet either without Freddie Freeman. Absolutely, especially and with the addition of Matt Olson. Did, Those did are my to, five. What do you got? For I your have last one? one more and that is the Minnesota Twins. Yeah, the Twins. Now I didn't always agree with all their moves, but. They brought in, you know, basically four new guys to the rotation and three players within their batting lineup. So I don't know if they think they're going to compete this year. They might. I, I don't think they will. They might. Byron Buxton looks like an MVP award winner. So we'll see. But Carlos Correa, we didn't expect that to happen. Now, that was the surprise of the offseason. It was a surprising move of the offseason, but it certainly makes them better. And they got him for three years. I've said I like Gio Urshela. Gary Sanchez, it's probably not as good as Mitch Garver, but. He's not bad. And then their pitching has always been kind of weird. So Sonny Gray, though. I, I like that it's one. It's a good move, right? It's not a bad move. Chris Paddock, at the very end here, we saw it, the season started, and I think they traded for him opening day. There was a couple years ago we would have said Chris Paddock is an ace caliber pitcher. And two years later, he's getting traded for bullpen arm, Taylor Rogers. I like Taylor Rogers, but like it's a team that's trying to rebuild, and that's a good risk to take. So Dylan Bundy looked good last night. I don't know what to make of that, but they brought him in the offseason. So... I think it's a lot of 
moves that maybe won't make, other than Carlos Correa, probably make the big splashy moves, but it did make them better this offseason. I would agree that they had a very good, uh, very good off season for uh, keeping things interesting, showing that hey, we're we are making moves. I think what's going to help them, and you've seen it from some of the other moves, the addition by subtraction. It's not that Josh Donaldson wasn't uh, a solid bat, but not for thirty million bucks a year, uh, and they found someone to take that contract off their hands where they didn't have to pay anything. There's nothing they added to that uh, uh, to that contract. I think that's. Uh, uh, an excellent one for them to continue the moves they did. That cleared up money for Carlos Correa. Uh, that's So who would you rather have for $30 million, which also goes to the puzzling thing for the Yankees, a three-year $105 million deal. They could have done that instead of Josh Donaldson. So I'm, I, said, I, I like the Twins moves, especially when you put it in, in that light. Uh, and like the Tigers, they're going to at least keep things interesting. Uh, so we'll see what happens with uh, uh, some of their younger players that developing, uh, as well as some of these pitching moves, what uh, turns out within it. But a solid offseason for the, the, the Twins, for sure. Uh, what's your best move? What's the signature move of the offseason for you? Well, I mean, we could just talk about Freddie Freeman again here. I think it's the best move. But somebody that we haven't talked about, I don't know if it's the best move, but it's the best move for him, and it fits exactly what they needed, was we heard that the Padres, with the DH coming in, were going to need a DH, and a lot of talk about Nelson Cruz, or who would they sign, and in the end, they didn't sign anybody. And the Yankees have a glut of infielders because of whatever they're doing over there. And so, I love Luke Voigt. I've said it for years. I love Luke Voigt. And they didn't give up a whole lot to get him. He's slotted into bad cleanup for him, playing DH every day, would anybody really be that surprised if Luke Voigt went out and hit 35 home runs and did basically what Pete Alonso can do? I know I wouldn't be. We saw it two years ago. I still think the the floor is a 270 average, 25 home runs, uh, getting near 100 RBIs with guys getting on, on base within it, and a very good on-base percentage himself. Uh, I Even that, uh, again, think of what, what pitchers were batting, and now you're putting him in instead. Uh, he is not going to... It may not necessarily be flashy, but I think it's going to be impactful uh, uh, for this uh, Padres team. I think, yeah, a very good uh, addition when you factor in cost or lack thereof, uh, and and the impact within that uh, uh, within that uh, uh, team there. I think that's going to be good. I, the last minute moves. Let's. I'll, I'm going to throw the Padres in the in the mix uh, here for the offseason with talking about it. When you count Rogers to go with it, he looked good for them this opening weekend. He's the, uh, especially when the, they were relying on someone coming overseas, uh, to, who may still end up being a very good bullpen arm for them, but he blew up uh, this weekend. Again, it happens. You're not trying not to think too much of it. We'll do that next week, by the way. We'll give our uh, opening 10-game uh, hot takes uh, to that. So we'll have fun doing that intentionally. Uh, but Rodgers is a, a stabilizing force. Uh, and just adds to what they need there. So I think those two last, like, almost at the a end of spring one. training. A third one. They had Sean Manaya too. I don't know if we ever mentioned that. They traded I for Sean Manaya at the very end, too, here. And he pitched, that was against the Diamondbacks, which are, th- there's some teams right now throwing out AAA lineups. Like, there are some real rough lineups. The Diamondbacks got no hit the first night, six innings by the New York Irish, and the next night, seven innings by Sean Manaya. So take it for a grain of salt. But Sean Manaya is a good pitcher. So the Padres, you know, we talked about the Dodgers, and they're clearly the favorites, right? And the Giants, we mentioned a couple weeks ago, like, this is a good team. The Padres are no slouches. Like, and we know that A.J. Preller is all about trying to improve this team. He will do whatever it takes to try to improve this team. So if it gets to midseason and they're in contention, he will not be shy about moving. He moves prospects for days. He now has uh, tape on 
a revitalized Mackenzie Gore. I'm so our buddy, Mister Mister, he has to get paid is hurt again mm-hmm. with his stomach thing, and I just, it slots perfectly. We'll see if Mackenzie Gore is up by the end of the week. I wouldn't be surprised, and he looked good again. So that's another one that to I uh, keep an eye on from a prospect standpoint who could be making an impact this year, whether with the, uh, his team now or with an additional team uh, going to, like Washington Nationals, like they picked up Josiah Gray and Kyber Ruiz uh, in the uh, Trey Turner trade. Mackenzie Gore seems like another one of those types uh, that could be that type of impact player for like that last piece as they're looking to try to uh, uh, to work within it. So Ryan Reynolds, uh, I'll uh, yeah yeah uh, the. I'm going to give a re-signing uh, as a, a little bit of a love here for it. Uh, Homer pick, Wander Franco, 12 years uh, uh, contract within it. From a small team standpoint, when you see someone hitting as well as he has uh, over the weekend, he's or four games now, three three-hit games uh, within it. He can definitely contend for a batting title this year. Uh, normally, uh, you think of, wow, what an amazing talent. Glad I can watch him, but as a small market team, you're also going only for four years. Right, because but when there's two years left, that's their best peak value for trading, and so he's not going to be there that long. Then you go back to like, well, let me just enjoy him for the now. Don't have to worry about that with Wander Franco. You have a franchise player who's now set in stone for you for 12 years. That's great. Uh, that that allows you to have that uh, key uh, elite player, uh, your uh, icon to go with it, and uh, excited to see him in the Rays uniform for a number of years. Yeah, he, he's obviously that was it's life changing money for him, and it's not un impossible for the Rays to pay for that contract either. So a little bit of both. Well, let's go to prediction time. We're going to uh, fast forward from the beginning of the season to end of season. We're going to talk division winners. We're going to talk wild card World Series predictions coming up next. Cut my egg. Your eggs are cut, sir. Cut my milk. I can't, sir. It's liquid. Imbecile. Freeze it, then cut it. You, bring me the Wall Street Journal. You too. You are a madman. I want to party with you, cowboy. Now you kids with your loud music and your Dan Fogelberg, your Zima, hula hoops, and Pac-Man video games, don't you see people today have attention spans that can only be measured in nanoseconds? (laughs) Be honest with you, I love his music. I do. I'm a Michael Fulton fan. Yes! That's awesome! Well, let's talk who are going to be the movers and shakers in the division uh, uh, races this year. Let's start in the American League. Let's go to the, we always do East. Let's go West. Let's go AL West to begin with, and we'll work our way across the uh, across the country from there. I would love to pull, throw out a hot take and say, you know, oh, the Mariners are, are ready to take over this one, or the Angels. No, no, I'm still going back to the old reliable Houston Astros. I They're getting closer to that window closing, but it's not closed yet. Uh, there's still a lot of talent on that team. Alex Bregman looks better. They've already given Jose Altuve a day off. And surprisingly, uh, to me a little bit, Justin Verlander looks really good. I was a yeah. little surprised that I sort of was kind of off on Justin Verlander, a little surprised that he's 39 coming off of a Tommy John, but at least the game I saw, he looked really good. So there's still a lot of talent on Houston. I said, it's it's getting they're getting older, but... They're still my pick to win the West this year. They have been the best organization to lose talent and find a way to keep it going, uh, and that they're still at uh, any an elite level uh, for from an offense. Uh, the consistency that's there, 
Uh, you and the bounce back with Bregman is going to be a, a big help, especially with, with the loss of Correa. But that offense still keeps moving along very, very well. Uh, Verlander, uh, another name that could be talked about a little bit later with uh, uh, some categories here. Uh, but he's first start looked good, looks like nothing ever happened. Uh, and that's uh, uh, a scary thing for other division uh, opponents. Yeah, Astros for me as well in the West. Let's go to the AL Central. Shall we move across in the AL? So this one I think is probably the one I feel the best about just because there isn't as much competition in the AL Central. Now, right now, I think every team is 500, or one of them might be only played three games, but every team had at least two wins I saw. And so we mentioned the Tigers. I think they're a year away. I was hot on the Royals last year, and I still have – a little bit of confidence in the Royals, but I'm not going to pick them this year. I, they're still exciting as far as like their they're position fun to players. Watch. Yeah, 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 it's that's, a yeah. great team to watch. Like they steal bases and it's fun, but they're pitching. Just Zach Greinke looked pretty good, but oh, Daniel, I had so much, so many high hopes for like Jackson Coar and Daniel Lynch so far than what we've seen. So maybe someday, if if they can get the starting pitching figured out. Uh, that's been been the challenge. I thought they would have been a good fit for Sean Manaya. I kind of hoped that that was going to be a good yeah. fit, but oh well. Uh, the Twins, we mentioned, I like their offseason. I'm not ready to con- call them contenders yet. The Guardians. Stephen I'm glad they Quant. kept, uh, uh, glad they kept uh, Jose Ramirez with yeah. the, the big contract extension. Yeah. Uh, they signed Emmanuel Clase to, to a uh, contract extension. Do they do one more? Ooh, I don't uh, there's like any. two or three like guys that they locked up. Like, okay, well, that's good. At least yeah. you're finally doing something versus trading them all away. But I'm not picking them. Like, Correct. And so it goes back to the White Sox, right? The White Sox were the best team last year. They added A.J. Pollock. They added Josh Harrison. It sounds sounds like there's a fairly good chance Andrew Vaughn is going to get out of there because Tony La Russa is still messing with him. As of what I saw yesterday, it sounds like there's a fairly decent chance they're going to trade Andrew Vaughn for Frankie Montas to add a little more pitching to this team. So it's been good so far. You got Giolito. He's a little nicked up right now. Plus, Dylan Cease looks great. Dylan Cease looked awesome. And so uh, the White Sox are the best team, even without Craig Kimbrell. I'll take the White Sox. They're the most consistent, uh, and uh, and they have enough depth in different areas where they lose one thing. They can still keep moving along. For all the other teams, if you lose one thing, it can torpedo you fast. That's the difference between the, the teams especially. Uh, I, I don't think Vaughn is going anywhere, unless it's, it's been talk within it that they don't want to include him in a Montas trade. Uh, we'll see if, if injuries now make that a little more of a movable on it. But if if he is staying at the DH spot, Andrew Vaughn is going to have a big year. Uh, if, if they stop, if they don't, if they don't uh, uh, Larusa him, he's going to have a big year. Uh, the bat is good, and if he gets the consistent at bats without worrying about the, the his defense or not being able to play his actual position of first base. Uh, he's going to be solid for uh, for them. So I'm intrigued to see what happens there, but also. Eloy Jimenez, like for he's a, a natural DH himself. So there's another a team that's not worried about defense. Yep, and they don't worry about they don't worry about on base skills. They want to mash you to death, and they can do that. And I said they're pitching now. Lance Lynn's already hurt a little bit. Giolito's nicked up, but they have depth, right? We we've, we've talked about before. Even Dallas Keuchel, Michael Kopech, like they have pitching depth, and they have even without Craig Kimbrell, they have one of the best two or three bullpens in the game. So it's a really good team. So, yeah, same pick for uh, White Sox as well in the Central. Uh, moving I think to this the- one's going to be different. I'm going to go, because we've talked about this beforehand, I'm going with Toronto. I am all aboard the Toronto Blue Jays train here. I think that they have the best offense in the game. I think it could be like historically good at hitting home runs this season because it's deep. They added Matt Chapman, who 
Yes, he's not going to hit more than maybe 230, but he can hit the ball over the park. And he also plays the world's best third base, not named Nolan Arenado. So on a team that has had some issues with the defense, now, can he replace the offensive production? You've said, you know, he can't replace Marcus Simeon. No, I don't think he needs to. I think it fills in. George Springer stays healthy, right? George Springer plays 140 games. Can he replace Marcus Simeon? Yeah, he can. They added Kevin Gaussman to replace Robbie Ray. Maybe it's not a perfect replacement, but it's going to be close. And I like you say Kikuchi even getting it in there. So I'm all on the Blue Jays being really, really good. I, I love their offense, uh, but they feel uh, a little bit like an American League Mets situation where on paper, this is an excellent team. There's no denying there's an excellent team. You could draft their entire lineup, uh, offensive lineup in your fantasy team. Like that's all you need uh, uh, with it. They are very, very good. Uh, and they have the balance in this uh, offense is what's scary about it versus the White Sox that just want to pummel you to death with home runs. They can beat you with uh, 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 for contact, for power, uh, patient. Uh, they're not a, always a, a massive strikeout team uh, either, so they can wait you out uh, with within it. Yeah, this is an extremely deep offense, best offense in baseball. I'm willing to say that as well, despite the all-stars over in, in L.A. Uh, I like the Toronto uh, offense more because they're – they're younger, I think more durable, uh, and the nice blend of everything that is there. So I agree with you there. Their pitching does not wow me. Uh, I, I, I like uh, uh, I like the potential. I think if everything breaks right, uh, yeah, they uh, if everything breaks right, they win the division, they win they go to the World Series. I have too many questions on that pitching staff. Hyunjin Ryu is showing age. And he started last year with, and I don't believe in his upside anymore of what he's capable of doing. Uh, you say Kikuchi, tail of two halves last year, right? He he did look good, look solid. Uh, but then when the when the crackdown on uh, sticky st- stuff, the sticky stuff uh, uh, took place, he bottomed out hard. Uh, and I liked him as a potential value pick in the offseason, so I was still intrigued by what someone could do with him. So there's still that possibility. Uh, Kevin Gausman going from one of the best parks in San Francisco uh, to uh, uh, Toronto uh, and from National League to American League uh, within it as far as now everyone's getting the DH penalty, but it's his first time with that in a, a rougher park. Uh, I mean, even if his ERA goes up by, by a full run, he's still a very good pitcher, which is all that they need him to be. But again, this team, this team benefited from uh, career years massive peak years from Robbie Ray and Marcus Simeon last year still didn't make the playoffs with that. And you can say for different reasons, you have now have a full year of Jose Barrios. Uh, and he's some, for some people, he's a, a dark horse, Cy young candidate. Uh, you have Alex Manoa. Uh, can he take the next step up within it? But Barrios was good. Good. Not great with twins. Uh, Manoa is still not make like there's still too many ifs like look what we walked through yeah if everything breaks right this team goes to the world series there's too many ifs and this team has it always seems something gets in its way uh this has been the uh the darling pick uh for about two years now uh with that and i'm not there yet uh, but again i said the same thing uh last year and got proven wrong uh, but I came close. That was a heater at the end, and they drove that to the end. I wasn't that far off on that prediction, and I'm I'm saying the same thing here. I just don't see it all coming together for too many things that have to come together, but the talent is there uh, to do it. I'm going to keep the, the Rays as the pick for the, for the division, and you could say, well, you just said all the ifs that need to break one way for Toronto. Can't you say the same thing for the Rays? Certainly. 
Uh, there's just as many ifs uh, w- with the Rays. But they've proven they can beat the ifs. They've done that for years. Everyone put all those ifs in front of them, and they just keep winning more games. Uh, so I, I'm sticking with it until they actually prove that they're, they've taken a step back. I don't like all the injuries they already have going on, for one. That's what that's part of the problem I have with them is Shane Boz is already hurt. Yarborough is already hurt. Uh, didn't they're called Patino left the game early yesterday. Oblique, he's gonna that's for a pitcher, that's six to eight weeks. Yeah, I I don't like all the pitching injuries they have early on. I think they'll be good again. I think they'll compete, but I will take the Toronto Blue Jays in that division. That one's gonna be one to watch all year. Yeah, that's gonna be again fun. Uh uh, three, four team deep, depending upon your uh, uh, preference on uh, some of the teams there. Again, uh, I don't have the, I'll already say I don't have the, the Red Sox making the playoffs. So they eliminated the Rays in the playoffs last year. So mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of talent in that division, and that's going to be a fun one to watch. Let's go to the National League. We'll go back to the to the West again uh, for most predictions. Now you could say the same thing. Are you going to overlook the, the Giants the way teams overlook the, the Rays despite the uh, uh the proven uh, factor from last year. I will take the team that I believe is currently in last in the National League West, and that's the Dodgers. <laughs> I will be taking the Dodgers as they are clearly the most talented team. Now, there are the Giants are good. The Padres are, I think, the best record in baseball right now. But they have four wins, and everybody else is – there's a lot of teams with three, but I think they have four wins, four and one. So Padres could very well be a very good team this year. I Colorado had a nice opening series against the Dodgers, which was surprising, but I, you know, I think Colorado's – one of the worst teams in the league, and I already mentioned I think the Diamondbacks are very much down there too. So it's a three-team race, but the Dodgers' talent and the Dodgers' ability to add talent due to the fact they have a lot of – they we talk about, you know, they're not afraid to trade off these prospects, and they can add talent if they need to. Yeah, I'm going Dodgers as well. Uh, like I said, I – I was looking to see, is there a reason for me to stay with, with the Giants or what can say I stick with? And again, can end up being proven wrong again on that one. But I like Alex Cobb there with them. Uh, he In spring anyways, he was throwing harder than he's thrown in, in a number of years. Uh, he's a great fit for that ballpark. Uh, so I'm, I'm intrigued to see. like They keep replacing things. It, it's not the pitching. Uh, I think the pitching will sustain. Uh, even with the loss of Gaussman, I think the pitching will sustain. I don't. I don't trust that offense. I just don't think it's it's enough. There's guys that can be solid for average, but I think it can disappear for games. And I think that's going to be the problem at the level that the Dodgers are competing at. You don't have that margin for error. And I think that Giants offense has a considerable margin of error that's going to hold that team back just enough. They'll win over ninety games. Uh, they're still a very good team, uh, but the Dodgers are the team that you know, on paper they can win over a hundred without blinking an eye. They certainly can. Moving to the National League Central. Now, if we would ask this question before the last five days, people would have a little more confidence in it. Uh, it's uh, the opening, uh, and we'll talk knee-jerk reactions next week, uh, but this one's going to be a little bit more of a challenge as we uh, sit through a, uh, a Brewer uh, offense uh, that has uh, uh, someone didn't give them the memo that the season started. It started uh, off. They look like very much like the Brewers' offense pre Willie Adamas last year is what they look like. And and then that the what everyone said, no matter what, you know why they're going to compete. They have the amazing rotation, right? Top mm-hmm. three is a best uh, uh, can be put as the best in the game. Uh, didn't show it in the first uh, first round. They didn't. So they they're sitting at one and three. But you're right. That that's who I'm going to take still. Uh, on paper, you know, and it's not only it's one and three. It's one and three against the Cubs, who we think are probably at least rebuilding, and the Orioles, who certainly are rebuilding. So 
two shutouts in the first four games. That's that's not great. It doesn't make me feel great about this, but Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff, Freddie Peralta. Do I suddenly think they can't? Because so far what I've seen, I've watched all the games, right? And all of them can't command their fastball right now. If they can't command their fastball year, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be rough. But I've seen enough out of all three of those guys to know that's not how they pitch. Corbin Burns will figure it out. Brandon Woodruff will figure it out. Freddie Peralta will figure it out. And Adrian Hauser, pretty good pitcher in his own right. Eric Lauer, they have Aaron Ashby's looked good so far. So there's still enough pitching here. It's the pieces it's the are best all there. Teams, right? It, I still think it's the best team. Andrew McCutcheon has looked good as an addition so far early on the season. He looks confident. It's been slow. I'm not feeling great about it, but I still think they're a better team than the Cubs. I know they're better than the Pirates. The Reds look terrible. And the Cardinals, the Cardinals are a good team, but I just trust the Brewers pitching more still. And Adam Wainwright's, agree with that. Adam Wainwright's 39. He's maybe a robot too, like Nelson Cruz. But the rest of them, like, I just can't – I. Jack Flaherty's hurt. I don't trust Miles Michaelis. Be, I don't trust Dakota Hudson. If Flaherty was was uh, healthy, so I'll stick to the Brewers. Yeah, the same. Uh, I, I, nothing has has changed. That we knew that uh, again. Baseball players, uh, the most of any sport, are creatures of habit, uh, and this spring has thrown all of that off. And we knew that the the small uh, uh, small spring uh, within it was going to cause potential ripple effect. Uh, and uh, and we've seen that. Like we're now, the Brewers are the team that's getting that. We've been waiting to see who is going to be hit the most by that right out of the gate. Especially with the weird off season, uh, this is true in every year, but even more true in years like this. All you want out of April is a 500 record and no one hurt. And so, if you get through the month of April with a 500 record and no one hurt, you're now set up for the rest of the year to do whatever it is you want to do. These guys didn't all of a sudden lose their talent. Uh, they're having a rough start to, to the first rough week, uh, one rough start uh, for things within it. That doesn't uh, change long-term projections. Brewers still uh, have all the talent uh, uh, to do what needs to be done. I like the offensive improvements they made in the offseason. Uh, simple but effective uh, within it, just adding around around the edges. Yalich has at least looked solid. He's got on base. Remember, he's, he's not driving it yet, but he's getting on base. There were times last year he looked completely lost, like, like speaking of to Bellinger lost. Say, speaking of lost, have you seen Cody Bellinger play this He's year? Gone. I don't I, know what I, happened to him. I'm I have like legit concerns that Cody Bellinger is never going to talk about how good the Dodgers are, but that is one player on the Dodgers that I don't know what the they're gonna get out of him. Change of scenery need. Yes. It's just it's not gonna happen in LA. It's just not. Uh, and it doesn't mean it, or if it happens ever anymore within it, but that's definitely lost. And so you want to see uh, potential improvements uh, there somewhere somewhere else, but uh, Yelich no longer looks that uh, uh, looks that way. I have a quick sidebar. You mentioned creatures of habit. Did you see Garrett Cole bitching and moaning because he had to wait an extra five minutes for Billy Crystal to get off the mound? I didn't mention that on the when we were in the AL, uh, AL East conversation. If I were a Yankees fan, I'd be massively concerned. This guy's personality. How do he this definitely go? rubs people the wrong way. Was it always that way in Houston? Did I just not pay attention? Because it seems like if it's come out more, it's come with, out more with, with, the, with the Yankees, and is, whether it's the pressure of the contract or the, the market, I don't know. But the fact that he like he got in Brett Gardner's face last last yeah, year, I remember. Or just uh, it was just just tongue in cheek having fun with teammates uh, about the, the sticky stuff uh, with uh, within it when all that crackdown was happening and. Cole got in his face for it. Did not appreciate the joke at all. And to his credit, Gardner decided to, to be the better man in the situation and apologize within it. When again, it was just clubhouse humor. Like, dude, where did your humor go? Did you leave it in Houston? 
because in your start, they were five minutes off from uh, uh, Billy Crystal was like throwing out the first pitch and sing a song or something, right? <laughs> and and so then just freaking out about it, and then to talk about it afterwards and say that threw you off. Really, that's what, in that market, five minutes throws you off. That's going to do it. You're not going to survive. I I am uh, when it comes to fantasy players, I stay away from. Garrett Cole's actually one. I do not trust him. The long ball issue in that ballpark, and I don't think it's going to get better as far as the issues that he has, the market that he's in. I think he's an implosion waiting to happen. And I just don't, it's a matter of if, then when. It may be another year or two away yet, uh, but I, when he goes out, he is going to go out hard because he does not have the ability to check, keep his emotions in check. And we, we've seen that when you get more than one example, you say, well, not just bad day. This is now someone who can only work in his box. And when that box is not there, he spazzes. Uh, and I, I I would be worried about that long-term with that contract uh, with it. Now, he still may win a Cy Young this year uh, and, and be, just, be just fine. But I wouldn't put money on it. Let's go. With, we have two. I agree with all that stuff, by the way. Uh, we have to do the NL East, right? NL East is the last one. That's the one. So this one's tough because you could, I just said, you know, every rest of these divisions, I can't make the case for every team. I can't make the case for Baltimore. I can't make the case for in the AL Central. You know, it's hard for me to make a case for the Royals. But in the NL East, you could make a legit case for every team. Now it's hard. The Nationals don't have quite the pitching, I don't think, because all their fact that all their guys are hurt all the time. But they have a pretty good offense with one of the biggest superstars in the game. So you could make the case. The Marlins are so much fun, right? Like, yep. you can look at the Marlins and say, look at this pitching rotation and how good could it be? And it could be. Now, I'm not going to pick the Marlins. I'm not going to pick the Nationals. But I could see it. But go to the, the bottom team in every other division. Mm-hmm. And there's a clear, bo- there's a reason why they're bottom. Yep. You have five teams that could all at least be at 500 or break 500 in this division. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I. This is, once. I think we said it last year, it should be the most competitive division. It wasn't last year for whatever reason. The, the Nationals fell apart and the Marlins struggled with the long year. But again, on paper, should be the most competitive division. The Marlins are an awesomely fun team to watch, and they should be. And the Nationals, they should be good. They signed Nelson Cruz. I said, you have Juan Soto. Anything can happen when you have a player that talented. The Braves are the defending World Series champs. The Mets spent up for all those good players, and they have probably the best pitcher in baseball possibly coming back in a couple months. So, And then there's the Phillies. And that's what I'm going to pick. I'm going to stick to the Phillies. I think they have the best offense. I think it's better than Atlanta lost Freddie Freeman. I will take the Phillies offense and say it's better than Atlanta's right now. And then it comes down to pitching. I trust Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola more than any of those other starters. You know, I think that Jacob DeGrom, if he's pitching, sure, yeah. Jacob DeGrom and Max Scherzer all day. But he's already hurt. And at this point, is he ever going to be healthy? I don't know. So I will take the Phillies because I know what I'm getting out of them. You just said it earlier. Zach Wheeler can give you 200 innings. Aaron Nola can give you 200 innings. Ranger Suarez has got some talent. Kyle Gibson's got some talent. And they score enough runs. I'm picking the Phillies. I uh, I thought I'd be more uh, out on my own with this one, but uh, great minds think alike, or at least two minds think alike. We'll, we'll, we'll take a look at the great part of it by the end of the season. Uh, but I'm picking Phillies too uh, because, again, the, the Braves, like – not to take anything away from what they did. They're a very good team. Uh, they got hot at the right time, and they took it all the way to a uh, World Series win. Kudos to them, 100%. But they were not always that team throughout all of last year. right? There were, there were struggles along the way, 
Uh, now again, you could say, well, they still did it at the end, but I there's enough things there that that make me wonder, and I don't think you can just replace Freddie Freeman by tossing in Matt Olson, uh, and as if nothing happened. I, I I think it's the best replacement you could do. Uh, but there's still this team's got to show some injury uh, consistency. Uh, there's still issues w- within that. I, I when it comes to the postseason, like it's one thing to be during the regular season and what's needed there. When it comes to the postseason, you need elite talent uh, that can step up when you need them to. Phillies have a decent amount of that. I think that's that's what's intriguing. If they can get there, uh, you have at least three strong you call elite arms on the rotation. Uh, you have uh, a number of bats. Uh, Bryce Harper is a perennial MVP <laughs> candidate. Like we haven't even mentioned, like we're talking about the Phillies. We haven't even mentioned Bryce Har- Harper all that much. Uh, he's still that level. They add two more like slump busting bats to keep that offense going more consistent. They they try to lean on some of their young bats last year, maybe a little bit too much, and it showed. You put these two guys with it. Now they don't have to take a more a larger role in that offense. Now they can potentially develop better without that being on them. I, I like Philly as well. I'm going to take them as the uh, as the division winner. Let's go. I will, oh, oh, go ahead. I'll I will say this with the Braves, and I'm going to they're going to be in one of my wild cards. It's hard to replace Freddie Freeman, right? Matt Olson coming in helps. One way that they can do this, Marcelo Zuna's looked yes bad, better. He's looked. Remember, even when we saw him last year before the stuff, he was hitting like 110. He looks more like the Marcelo Zuna from a couple of years ago. He is on every – I watched a couple of games with them already, and he is just hitting line drives at galore out there. So that will help them. 100%. Uh, and then getting back uh, – uh, trying to see what this, what a healthy team looks like uh, for more than a few games. want to see it because uh, I, I want to see the battle between the Braves and the Phillies. I want to see the Braves and the Dodgers. Like, it's much – must watch baseball uh, with the, with the talent that's there. So looking forward to those races as we uh, get into the season. Wild card picks. We'll go NL first, then back to the AL. I'll go with the Giants as my first wild card pick. There's enough pitching there. You mentioned Cobb. Carlos Rodon looks awesome. We'll get to him in a little bit here and some predictions. But uh, the Giants are still good enough to be a wild card team. I'll take the Braves. I just said I don't think they're as good as the Phillies, but it's still a really talented team. You mentioned it. You know we haven't seen Ronald Acuna yet. Azuna's coming back. I like their pitching. It's not as good as the Braves, just because it's Morton and Freed. I trust Kyle Wright looked good. Ian Anderson's had stretches. Like there's just a few more question marks for me with them, but they're still a good team. And then third is tough. I haven't heard a team yet. I went with the Marlins. I'm ready. Ooh. I'm ready to say All it. Right. All it doesn't take a whole lot of it doesn't take a whole lot for me to sit here and say. Do the Marlins have a good enough offense? I think so. Jorge Soler is pretty good. Adam Duvall, or excuse me, Jesus Sanchez hit a home runs the other night. Jazz Chisholm looks okay. And could Sandy Alcantara win a Cy Young Award? Sure. Like, I wouldn't be surprised. Pablo Lopez is good. Trevor Rogers, Eliezer Hernandez, Lazardo, Like, And they have more guys coming. Pitching wins. I'll take the Marlins. Now, if I'm, uh, I'm not the best at math. Uh, but now by my calculations from looking at uh, uh, missing teams, I did not hear the New York Mets. I did not hear the San Diego Padres. That is correct. You did not. Now, in the end of this, we're going to talk one surprise here. Spoiler alert. I got the Mets finishing fourth. I'll say the Mets finish fourth in the NL East, which is obviously because I just said, right, you got the Phillies, you got the Braves, and you got the Marlins. It's more likely to me that the Mets finish dead last behind the Nationals, than it is that they win that division. I have uh, uh, my uh, 
season surprise that I'll, I'll save uh, for the end, but it's going, going to involve some of that. Uh, I'm the same way with uh, the Mets not making the playoffs. Uh, again, they have to look prove at, it. It's not a matter of on paper. You got to actually do that, which is part of my challenge with with, with Toronto. Like, let's actually see it. Uh, but the the Mets, uh, they added talent last year, and people were talking them up last year. Guess what? It really didn't happen. Uh, and, and same thing here. You have it, but again, uh, Scherzer, if healthy, he's going to be exactly you. He will give you your money's worth, no doubt. I'm. I don't think Degrom pitches more than a hundred innings in any season the rest of his career. That it's the same barking shoulder, same issues within it. And when you talk shoulder, not elbow, there's a difference with pitchers. When you start having the shoulder go, you can't reconstruct that. There's so many examples of okay, you can get through Tommy John. Uh, that we've seen many examples of. It's not as guaranteed as the way it's sometimes uh, taken out to be, but you can come back from that very well. Shoulder issues is a whole different thing, and that is with it coming back again. I would be shocked if he pitches more than 100 innings in any season in the rest of his career. Uh, you can't just lose an arm like that uh, and just expect things to keep going. Now, again, uh, Carlos Carrasco looked very solid in uh, in his start through. They have some depth here. They they could do that, but again, what are we talking about? It takes elite talent. You, they have some, some better-than-average arms, but once you start losing a, a DeGrom and players like that, you're losing that elite talent that you need uh, for that, I have more confidence in the the lineups of the other teams. Braves are proven. Uh, Phillies, the players they added are proven. Uh, Schwarber almost uh, just picked up the the Red Sox on his back and and, and carried them. Uh, he's uh, that level of a hot streak of a heater is uh, is incredible. Uh, Castellanos is consistent, uh, and you put him in the, with a, a good lineup and a good ballpark. He's going to produce. He has his entire career. Uh, and just look at what he did for the Cubs when he went from a team that were like disinterested in playing to all of a sudden in the uh, in the playoffs. Another one put a team on his back uh, within it. Those guys added to a perennial MVP and Harper. I believe in that offense. I believe in their starting rotation. I believe they did enough with their uh, bullpen uh, to at least make it good enough for now and the potential to uh, confidence that they can improve that throughout the season. Like that's one where I I believe in whatever their weaknesses are, they can fix that. You can't put a, a finger on the Mets' weakness. It just springs up at different times and in different spots. Uh, and you, you can't, have, can't have confidence in that. So, yeah, I, I don't have the, the Mets making the playoffs either. I will pick the Padres. I like their last moves uh, from Sean Manaya to Luke Voigt to uh, Taylor Rogers. You have the right type of pieces now. That I This is a different case where I think there's too much talent to fail. Uh, and so I think they at least make the, the wild card. I have the Giants making the wild card, so it's three teams for me out of the NL West, uh, and then the Braves. Uh, so uh, I'm not going to keep my prediction from last year, the Braves not making the playoffs. I uh, learned that one the hard way. Uh, but uh, Braves, Padres, and Giants are my wild card teams for the National League. My problem with the Padres is, is okay, Tatis is already hurt, and yep. I, his is a shoulder thing too, right? And it, it's yep. always kind of like, what do you get out? And I realize they're they're four and one without him. So does it matter? Maybe not. I don't know. Maybe I don't it think matter. I don't think they can win a World Series without him. But I think they can make the playoffs without him. Is where I where I'm at. I'm not banking on him for for much of anything. When he's in, he'll be great. But I'm not counting I, on him in the last. I would love to pick them to win more games, but Blake Snell's got his gut thing already, right? And you Darvish 
he had a good start, but he wasn't throwing very hard. And Mike Clevenger is already hurt again. So it's like, they're another team. Like snake, I want to see it. Like I, I fell for them last year. And so maybe they'll, they'll maybe they'll prove me wrong, but I want to see something out of them. AL wild cards, right? AL wild or, cards. Or do the AL. Okay. I got the Rays here. This is, I'll still put enough confidence in seeing what they've done the last few years. I'll take the Rays to make a wild card run. Uh, I have the Angels. The offense is really good. I like it. The, the offense is really good, and Otani looks like an ace now. I, I had doubts about his pitching, whether it was even worth it for a while, but he looks like an ace. This guy is larger than life. Yeah, he really is. But it's not just Otani anymore. It's He's clearly the best pitcher, but Sandoval hasn't pitched yet, but I have like pretty good hopes for Patrick Sandoval. I think he's pretty good. Syndergaard looked Better than I thought he would. If healthy, that's always the key. Yeah. If he can give you th- uh, 30, 25, 30 starts, it, it, it's going to be good starts. And then I said Lorenzen looked okay. They still have Reed Detmers. There, there's, it wants to be, it's still a weakness, right? Their starting pitching is still weak compared to some of these Correct. other good teams. But Correct. I think it's good enough. And, you know, they still got arguably three of the best 10 hitters in the game. Like you, maybe not 10, but Mike Trout and Shoei Otani are probably two of the best 10. And Anthony Rendon's pretty good. So, like, they have a good enough offense that I think they can still make the playoffs. And the final wild card I have is also from the West. I'm ready to say it. I think they're. I think the Mariners are good enough to make the playoffs this year. I think with the pitching they added, Robbie Ray looks pretty good. Logan Gilbert looks like he's ready to take that next step. He was throwing real hard the other night. I, I like the the Mariners. I like what they did. Jesse Winker bringing in Jesse Winker, Eugenio Suarez, and they're they're really aggressive with their young talent. So Julio Rodriguez made the team. He's he's on this team and he's playing. And Jared Kelnick, he's going to take a step forward. So. I will take the Seattle Mariners as my final team. Now, see, I'm accused sometimes of having selective hearing, uh, and uh, so at least I want to make sure I heard this right because I didn't. I didn't hear another uh, big New York team. Neither of those AL East teams Ooh. made it. So the the Yankees, I once again a lot of What's talent. They're pitching besides Cole, and it's it's that it's the fact that I how injury prone is this team, right? Josh Donaldson, if he's lucky, can can he get 130 games? Maybe, maybe he does it. He hasn't shown he can do it regularly. Aaron Judge is mad at the team, like because he thought he got slighted. That's that's not great, and he's injury they, prone. They made it public. Uh, I like to say that I that think that was they're interesting. I thought their offer was pretty fair for a guy who's that injury prone. Like I know he thinks he's worth a lot more. Maybe he is, but has he shown that? <laughs> that's, that's the question. Here, here's the logic to the the Aaron Judge uh, contract negotiations. Uh, when you look at the top contracts in Major League Baseball, you have three outfielders that are there. And so that's the market he's looking at. You have Trout, you have Betts, you have Harper. Those those are the three uh, that are there. Uh, you're not going to get the same length of deal, but you look at where to, what's the last year uh, of their deal. And it's, it's the age 38 season. Uh, so when you're looking at the three of those, it at least goes to the age 38 season. The Yankees offer goes to 37. So he wants one more year on the deal that would match that. Uh, and Mookie got a 30.5 uh, for his contract from two years ago. Uh, when it comes to these types of things, uh, prices go up, not down. Uh, so expecting anywhere in the 32 to 35 range uh, for an average annual value for eight years, if you if you put that out to what the Yankees offer was to what this is, it's about a $60 million uh, uh, gap uh, between the two. Uh, and you can say, well, it's still crazy. It's three, uh, $210, uh, $210 million is a lot of money. Yeah, it is. Uh, but we're talking at a different stratosphere than what any of us uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, get to. And so, again, if you're wanting the, the comparables of the, the three that are there, 
for at least length of contract and uh, at least making the uh, the more most recent with with bets average annual value uh, with some inflation uh, tacked on top. You can see what the issue is. Uh, but for the Yankees to make that public means it's he's playing somewhere else next year. Uh, that's that's done. I mean, money can always make someone kiss and make up, but you can argue, okay, well, with the injury issues and not having the same type of defensive value uh, that some of the others on that list do, uh, you can argue that the Yankees were not wrong in, uh, in their uh, offer either, uh, but it's one that's not going to get uh, any better. And what... To do that on opening day, I also don't get Cashman. What are you doing? Like that's you're, you want the focus on the field, and you just created a distraction to start the season. Then you have your head case talking about the game starting five minutes too late, and things are going on there. So there's chemistry issues, uh, and you just put a big one in the middle the, to start the season on top of it. So yeah, there's there's some potential issues there. Um, I despite those issues, I think there's enough talent. I have them as a wild card team. But I understand the issues within. I have the Blue Jays as the other team within it. Again, too much, t- too big to fail uh, is kind of the, the the case for both of those. And I have the Mariners uh, for my my third team. But Mariners and Angels duking it out uh, for that spot. Yeah, I, I can definitely see that. Uh, uh, so it's it's going to be interesting. There's, uh, I believe, there's more talented teams at the bottom. Uh, in the AL than I do in the NL. There's the haves and have-nots in the National League. I think there's still some more uh, teams that are added on the AL that could make things interesting or change up the wild card spot. Uh, but we'll uh, we'll see what happens there. Let's get to the big one. Let's talk uh, World Series. Who do you have uh, coming out of? Who's your NL pick? Who's your AL pick? I don't like how boring they are. I feel like they're boring. But I, I don't know how you can't pick the Dodgers. I would love to say, you know, that... The Brewers could beat them, and could they? Sure, go for it. That's great. I'll I'll say the Dodgers. I Walker Bueller, Julio Urias. We talk about the Brewers' big three, right? But Walker Bueller, Julio Urias. Why is Urias throwing? What's the issue with his MPH? Like that's from that's Mex- it's cold in Colorado. I, maybe it's a big deal. I'll give I, him. I, a, I'm banking on him in fantasy this give, year. I'm giving, so. It might be a big deal, but I'll give him a while before I worry about him not throwing as hard so far. Shane Bieber wasn't throwing hard either. Like. I'm not all that worried about that yet. Give it a couple weeks, uh, but they have the pitching. We haven't even we don't know if Trevor Bauer coming back. If he comes back, then it's even deeper. Like I'll still say the Dodgers are going to come out of the National League. I'm going to keep. Uh, uh, I'll I'll write it all the way to the top. If you're going to say they're going to win the the division, they might as well win the the league. Phillies. I have them because again, it's elite talent that it wins is. in the postseason. Dodgers obviously have it. Uh, I think the Phillies do too. Uh, and uh, so I'm going to take them as my my NL pick. That's fun. I like that one. I'm going with Toronto. I'm all in, man. Ooh, I am all go. in. I think I know you. You have some concerns about their pitching. I don't think it. Re- I think if they can pitch to a four ERA, which I still think Hyunjin Ryu is good enough to pitch to a four ERA. I think Manoa is better than that. I think Barrios is a four ERA at worst. I think Gaussman can do that. And I think I said I think this team's setting records for offense this year. I have, and if they don't. I don't think they're afraid to make moves. They haven't show, They are not afraid to make moves. They are going to go out and they will add to try to make this team better. So I'm on Toronto. The, the, as far as most aggressive American League team, it's it's Preller and uh, of the AL. That's that's where where Toronto is. I do believe uh, in that aspect, and they have. Uh, if they want a bigger bat, they can always trade a, a young, hot catcher, which is hard to mm-hmm. define. And Kyber Ruiz helped get uh, Trey Turner last year. Uh, could the uh, the Blue Jays do that with uh, Alejandro Kirk? Yeah, 
and they have another one. They have Gabriel Moreno too. They have multiple catching prospects. They they are a very good team. So that's they, my pick. If they decided to take either for a bat uh, to add there, or to say okay, let's 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 take Manoa and let's take Kirk and let's go get the top uh, a, a pitcher available within it. Yeah, they have the talent to go and get what they want. Uh, that's as scary as the lineup that they have. Uh, so that is very, uh, very intriguing as far as in uh, midseason moves uh, that could be there. Uh, and it makes me almost, uh, I, I'm leaning, uh, despite not picking them to win the division, they are a team that, that scares if they, by making it in, and then what they can do midseason. Uh, I'm going to go boring, I'm going to go Astros. Uh, and uh, I think that as far as consistently ac- consistency across the board, I think their starting pitching is underrated. Uh, I think for like for the depth of that pitching, especially in the rotation, I think Verlander, uh, two hundred innings uh, coming off Tommy John. I wouldn't pick that for anyone else. I will for him. Uh, what's he saving it for? Right, <laughs> this could be his last year, anyways. Within it, so you're not worried about like, well, what's that going to do long term to an arm? Not really concerned about that. Uh, So I I think uh, Astros have uh, depth all over, good enough all over, tried and tested all over. I suppose that's the difference between them versus like the Blue Jays. Been there, done that. They know what it takes. Uh, I think they they make their way way back. Uh, And uh, as far as World Series winner? I'm going with Toronto. I'll go Philly. I'll, okay. I might as well, might as well keep, it, uh, okay. keep it all the way. I'm so. putting yours down here. Philly over Houston. So that I can – we can maybe come back to this. Okay. And for some good uh, cold takes uh, later right. in, in the season. So we'll, okay. we'll uh, let's go to awards. We have uh, Rookie of the Year, Cy Young, and MVP. Uh, rookies, the one they said – I think media is looking too hard to try to dump on teams uh, within it versus seeing there have been positives from the, from the CBA. Okay, now that's the last time I say CBA. Uh uh, rookies being called up sooner. We've had more rookies called up at the, the start opening day than I think in almost any year uh, prior to that. I haven't done the research to say that with 100% confidence, uh, but we have a lot of rookies beginning the year on the Major League Club. That's uh, that's fantastic. Uh, American League, who do you got there for Rookie of the Year? So the American League has better rookies options, I would say. The American League has three that I was really tough torn between. Spencer Torkelson, who I said is 0 for 14 or something, but yep. I don't really care. Julio Rodriguez, I mentioned he broke the camp for Seattle. He's a 2020 bat. Like, he could be doing that right away. In some years, I wouldn't be surprised if he goes 30-30. And Bobby Witt, uh, Kansas City, who that's who I'm going to go with. I'm going with Bobby Witt. We haven't talked a whole lot about Kansas City, but Bobby Witt last year and the Miners had a 17 homer or 15 steal season hitting 285. I, I don't think he can't like if he told if he told me he went 2020 this year batting second playing third most days for them. I'd say yep, that's certainly doable. I will take Bobby Witt. I wanted to say Torkelson, uh, but I think first baseman you really have to hit extremely well uh, to get enough credit there. It's just not given the same type of. Uh, 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 same type of uh, uh, it's an offensive confidence, position. yeah. And I mean, he can hit that offense, but I think you is an offense only, not defense. So when you have someone like Bobby Wood who can play at a, at a more premium position, or even uh, Julio Rodriguez, you have other guys that can play positions where you get to see them show off their talent in different ways. I think that knocks against you for for Torkelson. I think Torkelson can hit uh, 280, 25 homers, have a very very good year. I'm not worried about his start with anything at all, uh, but I will. Go with with Bobby Witt as well on that one. Uh, if it's a three person race in the American League, I think it's a two person race in the National League. 
the only person that can, okay, so the two people you're talking about are Seiya Suzuki, who's coming over from Japan, looks very confident for the Cubs that I think that he's probably the favorite. I have mentioned Hunter Green. I love what I saw in Hunter Green the other day against a very good Braves offense. It's not typical for people to throw 102 miles an hour and with a good curveball, especially that young, but he can do that for Cincinnati. I think the one other name that could make it interesting is right now on the Padres is C.J. Abrams. C.J. Abrams is up on the Padres. He's yep, kind of platooning true. right now with him and Hasean Kim are platooning, but C.J. Abrams is extremely talented. Now, it all depends on what's going to happen. Like, is Are they going to platoon him all year? Then no, and that's not probably great for his development, but we, I said when Fernando Tatis got hurt last year, like C.J. Abrams is a top 10 prospect in this game. So if he stays up and they start playing him more, he could make a splash there. I'm going to go with Hunter Green. I said it's very rare that you – he might. I would be shocked if he throws over 130 innings, but seven strikeouts, I think, the other day in five innings against the Braves. In 130 innings, could he strike out 150 with a mid-threes ERA and pretty low whip? For a, I think that's possible. I'll take Hunter Green. I'll take 140, 150 innings from five inning starts. Uh, that's 30 starts. I guess he had 150, so uh, I think that's uh, very possible. Could they uh, give him a rest at some point and skip one or two starts and put it around 140? Sure. Uh, I'm going to go with Suzuki because I, I think the when you can see him every day uh, versus Hunter Green every five, uh, I think he can quickly become a, a crowd favorite at Wrigley, uh, which uh, does matter, and market will always influence things as well. Uh, but both those guys, I think it's 1A, 1B. Uh, for the talent level and both showing it this year, but I'll go Suzuki for Rookie of the Year. Uh, let's talk Cy Young. Uh, National League, I think I agree with you. Uh, I saw his first start. Uh, was wowed. Are we going to pick the same guy here? I think we are. Oh, as, as wow. I, I was debating with Bennett, then as soon as you mentioned the name at the beginning of the broadcast, I'm like, okay, yep, that's where I want to go for a National League pick. So you, you do the honors. Uh, I... Per inning, I said, I think this guy's basically Corbin Burns. And last year, it was, how many is this Corbin Burns going to throw? So I'm going to go with Carlos Rodon. I was worried about the arm. I'm not all that concerned about the arm. He looked awesome the other night. He looked incredible. And the park will only help him. You know, could Max Scherzer do it? Could Corbin Burns get it? Absolutely. But per inning, Carlos Rodon is every bit as talented as those guys. And I think he can get 160, 170 innings and. That's, I'll give him the Cy Young Award pick this year. I'm, I, I watched his opening day start versus, uh, uh, it was Pablo, or not opening day, but I watched the start versus Pablo Lopez. Yeah. Best pitching duel I've seen uh, to start the year. Uh, it was fun watching him go back and forth. Lopez, I'm, I'm very high on as a, as a young arm, taking the next step. But you saw Rodon in a whole different league uh, in that game, and that's no knock to, to, to Lopez at all. Uh, he was dominant. Uh, and I think that's also what you need uh, to win a, uh, a Cy Young. You need that dominance. It was why, uh, so Corbin Burns, why did he win last year despite some of the, the innings differences? Or you could say Wheeler had more innings or stuff within. Wheeler is extremely good, and I would love him on a playoff rotation, but it wasn't the same type of dominance. Corbin Burns had dominance. Carlos Rodon has dominance. Uh, I'm going with him in the uh, for my uh, National League Cy Young. Who do you got in the American League? I'm going with a guy that I have. Not always actually liked all that much, but I think he's getting it. And the strikeouts are going to be through the roof. I'm going with Dylan Cease. I, Dylan Cease has four pitches that do – he people don't touch him. like. And this is kind of what we saw with Robbie Ray, where can he rack up the strikeouts? Yes, a lot of them. He's done it before. Cease has done that before. His walks have always been a little high. Let's say he cuts the walks to just under three per nine innings. Then suddenly that 390 ERA becomes a 
0.26 ERA on a team that I expect to win a lot of games for him, I, I'm taking Dylan Cease this year. I'm going to go for a, an oldie. I think uh, kind of blends in comeback player of the year uh, together with it. Uh, I think it's going to help him overall. I'm going Verlander. Uh, coming back from, from Tommy John, I think there's uh, there will be people rooting for him. Uh, within that, on the right team, uh, com- uh, playoffs inbound within it. Uh, he has that uh, moxie about him, uh, and as he's showing confidence and health with that, I, I think that's uh, uh, makes him a strong candidate uh, for that. Uh, so, yeah, I'll go for Lander for, uh, for that one. What about MVP, National League? National League MVP. So there, you know, this one's obviously the one that has the most options. I thought about just going back to Bryce Harper again. I thought about going to Freddie Freeman changing teams, but I'm going to go with Juan Soto. I just think that the talent it's is, it's too, I don't know. The, he could easily put up a season that we've probably not seen since Barry Bonds, like with a 450 on base percentage with 35 plus home runs. And He's a he's a unicorn man. I'll I'll take Juan Soto. I I have the same uh, written down here for uh, uh there's already a push for him like it, for getting his first one uh and uh, across the board uh, uh talent uh, is is there. Uh, Washington is going to be at least good enough where their record is not going to be a major detraction uh, for him. Uh yeah. So I I have Soto as well in the uh, American League. Uh, I'm saying it's going to be a back-to-back. Uh, I'm going Otani again because I, I hope voters don't lose sight of the fact that no one has done, not even the great Bambino himself has done what Otani did last year. And if he actually gets better at pitching and so as like a, ho- a home run king uh, within it, good enough batting average, everything together, I, I get it. Vlad is the uh, triple crown perennial candidate within it. Uh, and, and those guys are going to go uh, neck and neck all year long. But then if, if Vlad can also go out uh, and give you uh, 130, 150 innings uh, of lights out pitching as well, then yeah, that should go to Vlad. But if he's not doing that, I don't see how you can't give it to not not only uh, a, once, uh, a generational player, but a historic player, not before seen player, not at this level, not at this level of, of hard throwing, uh, this the game that's there itself. If Otani stays healthy and gives you 130 to 150 innings and does the same, re- repeats his offensive performance from last year, I don't see how he's not a lock uh, for uh, uh, back-to-back. Yeah, he's certainly the favorite. I think that if Mike Trout stays healthy, he steals some votes from him. That's why I'm going to yeah, go off of Otani for this one. But sure, Vlad is certainly a favorite. Like you said, for the next I don't know, 10 years, we could see Vlad compete for triple crowns. Yeah, I think he's yeah. basically Miguel Cabrera yep. in his prime is what Vlad Jr. is going to be. I'm going to go off both of them, though. Mm. I've been on this guy for a while here, I think I told you, and that's I'm I'm ready to say Rafael Devers gets his first, his first MVP award. I think we've seen him hit 300 in the past. We've seen him hit 38. I think he had 38 home runs a couple years ago. I think it's time he put some of those together. I'm saying he gets like a 35 homer, 120 RBI, 320 season on him, and I think he can do that, and I'll go Rafael Devers to win his first MVP. Is Devers on his also on his last year before he's a free agent? Uh, I know that judges. I, I didn't know if he was still two. He's got two years. He's got in two there. years yet. Uh, that's going to be the interesting one to watch because if he does exactly what you're saying, those numbers, uh, solid defense, uh, uh, there within it, like uh, he is going to want uh, 
top five contract of all time at his age, uh, production within it. Uh, and again, if you're already a hundred mil off uh, or nine figures off in uh, contract negotiations at this point, that's going to be an interesting one uh, to uh, to see. I mean, Devers is an excellent pick uh, as as well for uh, again across the board ability and the right ballpark uh, to uh, keep that uh, keep those numbers uh, humming as well. Uh, let's go f- uh, fantasy pick. Uh, and the category that I'm talking about is who's the guy last year? Teoscar Hernandez uh, was the surprise guy who produced in multiple categories. Uh, definitely helped win uh, a a franchise uh, or a fantasy championship. He's the type of find that helps uh, surge you all the way there. Uh, who's a guy that can do that this year? Who's your fantasy pick that can help lead to a championship? Well, he's not as late as you got Teoscar Hernandez, but. I think that he's basically Fernando Tatis and Ronald Acuna, and that's Byron Buxton. I think he's basically the same as them. He's just so injury-prone. Yeah. But he's already had three home runs. He stole a base yesterday. Like, if Byron Buxton played 140 games, he would win the MVP. Like, I would say he's got as good of a chance as any to win an MVP. He plays all-world defense in center field, which obviously doesn't matter for fantasy. But for fantasy purposes, if he played 140 games, could you get – 40 home runs, 25 steals with a 300 average. Yeah, yeah. you could. Like that's yeah. that's Fernando Tatis. So I think he was about a fourth, fifth round pick. That's the guy. I just said if if you if you guaranteed me 140 games, he'd go in the top five. Yeah, I, I think that's uh, uh, for fantasy purposes. 100% agree with that. I think that's the guy. If you if you uh, roll the dice and you and get uh, roll it right with the health this year, uh, he can definitely produce at, at that level. Uh, I'm going to pick a guy who I, I think has a good offensive year ahead of him. It's an injury bounce back. Uh, those are some of the keys that you always look for within it. He's not going to do as much in the steal department, but I think everything else from average RBI, home runs, uh, runs scored, uh, Alex Bregman. Uh, they need someone to step up uh, with uh, Correa being gone. Uh, is already a good offense around him. Uh, he was producing well before last season with, with injury stuff within I, I like him as a, a value pick and as one who uh, I think is going to make people pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Alex Bregman is not that far removed from being a first-round pick in fantasy, and other than some injuries, I don't know why he couldn't repeat it. You already mentioned how good Houston is. He could do that again. I don't I don't know if he's going to steal the bases he used to, but I still think he's got 15 in there if he really wants to do it. They've just sort of – we've seen like Jose Altuve go from stealing, I think he had a 50-steal season, to now he basically doesn't run anymore. But And I think that's kind of what they're doing with Bregman is he might still steal you 10 to 15, but he's not going to get – I think he had a – did he have a 30? He might have had a 30 in there, but not going to get that anymore. Sorry, I got distracted mm-hmm. because we are four games in and Byron Buxton's at half of a war already. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, he's uh, as talented as any player in the league. You just hope his body can uh, allow him to show it, uh, and uh, that will be the, the the key. And again, if he, if it does, uh, a lot of Twins players will be happy. Uh, his own like contract wise within it will be be happy. Or I think there's still incentives in there for for some of that. Uh, and fantasy players who uh, pick him will be very happy. Let's go with. Uh, we'll end with this uh, one surprise. What's the uh, surprise for the season. Surprise prediction uh, can be individual, can be storyline, can be a, a team, any and all of the above. What's one surprise prediction uh, that you'll make? Again, this kind of uh, is an app, uh, appetite wetter for next week's uh, hot takes uh, in the first uh, 10 games of the season, but what's one a surprise that you are going to pick for the upcoming, upcoming and current season? I mean, we've 
said and you talked about the Mets before, but I said I think they finished last. I think that they finish behind all the other teams in the NL East. That's the Phillies are better, the Braves are better. I all it takes it doesn't take long for me to say that the Marlins can be a very good team. I I can make a very slight jump and say the Marlins are very good with just a little bit of development out of some of their players. And if I just said I think Juan Soto can win an MVP award and we think we you said it too, if he's going to play like that, who's to say they can't win more games than the Mets? So I'll say Mets finish last. And that's, uh, uh, again, uh, we didn't share this uh, with each other beforehand, uh, but I was putting my, my two together. I said I already like that uh, I had one prediction that the, the Tigers with a winning record. Uh, I liked their offseason. I, I see them one. finishing with a winning record. They had 77 wins last year. That's not that huge of a jump. Uh, but I said, well, you have to make it more interesting than just that, or the Mets not making the playoffs. So I put the two together. The Tigers will have a better record than the, than the New York Mets. Uh, that was my uh, surprise pick for the uh, the offseason. So to any Mets fans that are listening, sorry for dumping on your team after uh, <laughs> one of the winning offseason right. uh, for everything within it. And uh, uh, just Prove hope that we wrong. Can, exactly. Uh, would it be surprising to see the New York Mets in the in the World Series with that talent on paper? No, it wouldn't. Uh, it's just a matter of we've we've been on. We've been down this road before. Uh, it has busted before, not going down that road again until they prove it. So it is a prove-it season uh, for the the New York Mets, and uh, we'll see what happens there. Again, next week we'll take a look at uh, hot takes. We'll be 10 games into the season. Uh, where's the despair? Where's the surprises? What are the, the, the fun <laughs> hot takes to make, knee-jerk reactions, all that coming up next week? We will talk to you then.